Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedair in the middle. Drogba goes. Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on when you do. Stretch it. Chelsea 2. Stretch it. And Didier Drogba has. Drogba in the centre. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Chessy Hour, brought to you obviously by Touchline Frackers. I'm joined by Sam. Sam, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm a good man in an unbeatable mood like my team. It's all good. Love to hear, man. I'm also joined by Dan. What's up, man? Do you know what I like about having Sam on the pod? Like, he's... he's... A, a true supporter oh my bad he's a true supporter so like in an annoying fashion so like if rivals try to listen you can hear the glee you could just hear the glee from Sam but yeah I'm, I hope I'm they are listening man. of course they're listening man. of course they're listening I'm joined by um, a special guest Luke how are you doing not too bad I'm doing fairly marvellous now it's it's uh, turned down straight out, straight out of Cobham to be on here like you know <laughs> hey, I, I, I like the way you started. Um, for the Discord listeners, if you didn't know, I'm ready. Um, LCH from the Discord, you know, where he's a, he's a support of the show, so we had to, we had to, had to have him, have him on. So, um, yeah, let's get into the show. So, to start off, um, I just wanted to do a quick um post match reaction to the games we played. Um, so first of all, on the Saturday we played um, Aston Villa and we got the three 0 win. You know, it was a good win. Lukaku, obviously, you know, he had to he had to turn up on his um, debut at the Bridge. 
and yeah, um, well, his second debut anyway. And yeah, I just want to get you guys' thoughts on the on the game. Um, Luke, I'm going to start with you. How did you feel that we played? Um, were, you, were you impressed? Were you worried by anything in particular? Um, it wasn't a vintage performance, um, which initially when I first watched it, it worried me. But in advance of coming down here, I watched a bit of it back this morning. And, you know, the, the bits that, that Aston Villa kind of controlled the match for, I mean, a lot of it was because Saul was, was woeful in midfield. Yeah. Um, and uh, and also we were one nil up by that stage anyway, so it wasn't like you know it was a 50-50 game or they were on top when it was nil all. I think the, once we get the second goal in the second half, the second half was was dull, but but we were in control. And uh, so yeah, after after watching it back, I feel a bit more comfortable because followed by the kind of performance with Zenit, I was kind of thinking, Jesus, are we are we stalling stalling here a bit? Is, has things gone a bit stagnant? But mm-hmm. I'm, I I still feel good. I think we'll uh, I think we're, we're we're set up quite well and yeah. Mm, you know what? Can enough. I talk on? Can I talk on a Villa game? Yeah, of course. Why not? So, yeah. So for me, it's it always happens because we're so used to seeing Mount play and Mount starting. Whenever Mount doesn't start, whether I'm on Discord, whether I'm on Twitter, whether I'm in group chats, Chelsea fans get mad nervous, and you hear all this. Oh, we need Mount on. We need Mount on. We need Mount on. Things aren't working. We need Mount on. And Babs, without naming any names, he was one of them ones, right? Yeah, I was, and I, and I still and I still stand by it. You stand by it, but like Luke, I would stand, stand by it. Of course, Sam. I'm like you. You don't even have to say that. <laughs> of course, you're gonna stand by that. But like Luke, I watched it back, and when you're watching the game in like live, it's different when you're watching it back because you know the result, so you're not as you know um, neurotic about it. And really and truly, um, the first half against Villa, yes, Saul was was just giving away counter-attacks. There's so many. There's so many that we'll get on to Saul soon. But in terms of needing Mount, I, did, I don't think, in terms of the attack, I don't think we need like we needed that up front. Really and truly, I think the main issue, and we saw, because obviously, half-time Jorginho came on, and he was the solution. He was a solution. So it wasn't necessarily, oh, we needed Mount to change it. But I, I, even first watching back that first half, Really and truly, the big glaring issue, that, that I think there was a couple of glaring issues, but obviously Saul, um, when we bought him, Tuchel said that he can kind of see him being a Jorginho replacement. There is no way. There's no way. With Jorginho, Jorginho makes himself available all the time. Jorginho is intense. And I think what, one of the good things about Saul coming in, and look, I don't. it's not like at this point I'm trying to write him off, but um, I think more people will kind of appreciate Jorginho's defensive ability. Um, and the fact that he is intense, because I know for a while people are saying, oh, what did he give, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I know like that's obviously calmed down since the Champions League win, but it's like night and day in terms of forget about passing, all that type of stuff, just intensity to get to the, the ball. And Saul was jogging. He was giving the ball away. They were knocking him off it. So I think that was that was a major issue. But I think a recurring issue for us as well is, OK, cool. Lukaku is up front and Lukaku's clinical. But the two behind them, and to be fair, I watched it back, and Kai had a, I think Kai had a good game because Kai, the two, the, the two behind Lukaku that game was Kai and Ziyech, and the two will get onto Zenit, but the two behind Lukaku then was Mount and Ziyech. So you can do a kind of comparison. But I thought that Kai, again, Kai moved with class. A lot of the stuff that he was doing was with class, but we just didn't hold the ball maybe in there half as much because Villa was a lot in the game because we didn't have control with Saul there. Um, but then Ziyech was mad disappointing. But yeah, for that that Villa game, watching it back, knowing the result, I think the, the major glaring issue for me 
was obviously Sal, but also I don't I don't think our wing backs. I know everyone's saying Alonso, Alonso, and look, Sam's gonna love what I'm gonna about to say, but everyone's saying Alonso is playing good, but I just don't see it. I think that we can we can upgrade on him. And then even um was it Reese James playing the Villa game? I think he might have played both. That was Cho. Oh, it was Cho. Yeah, to be fair with Cho, again, to be fair, like with Cho, I just don't think the wing backs got in the game that much. So yeah, I I just don't think it was a great performance, especially that first half. Um, but I do think definitely Sal Sal was um, the major issue. Well, just if I could come in there on 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 the Callum Hudson Odoi thing because. He, I, looking back at it, in the first half, he was caught out positionally too many times. And there's times when, when, when their winger and their fullback were coming forward, and he, he tracked the ball, not the man. He let them one to him too many yeah. times. He just, he looked, he looked totally out of his depth yeah. for the first half an hour. And there's a couple of times, I even made a note of it when I was watching back. About 25 minutes, he, he gets the ball on the edge of the box, and we're defending one of their corners, and he just passes it straight back to them. There was no, there was lack of composure there, completely. And I'm, I'm a big fan yeah. of, of Hudson Odoi, but either that was one of his, his worst outings in a while for us. Yeah, I definitely agree. That that probably was the worst for us I've seen him play. Yeah, same. But kind of on the more, like, obviously, you man have said the negative side, which we all saw, like, we can't, it's not sustain, sustainable to allow kind of the opposition to have that many chances and, and and for them not to score. I think they probably should have scored. Watkins is pretty wasteful, I think. Um, other teams, if we let them have that, have that many chances, they're probably going to score. But in terms of the positives, I think Mendy was fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. if he carries on this season, kind of going that way, like I mean, the sky's the limit. Um, I think a lot of us really rate him, but to put him on that higher, higher echelon of goalies yet, we kind of need to see. It's not his fault. Like he broke records in Champions League. Mendy's pretty much done a lot of stuff for a short career, but I think with any player, you want to see that consistency. Uh, and obviously, Cover, who probably, obviously, we're going to the Zenit game, but for me, he's probably been our player of the season so far. No, I meant like so far. Yeah, like, I know, I, I know. I just I know. Meant, like he's probably been our most our brightest spark in pretty much I, every I'd, game. I'd go as far as say he's been our best player this kind of year. Yeah, probably, man. Like he's been Ooh, very, very know. good. Every time I think like obviously I know Aston is not a big game, but they're they're one of the better teams in the league. Like they're a top half team. I think Cover in them games, and normally even in the bigger games, he's always pretty good. In all games, in all yeah, games, in all games, in all games, of course. But like, I'm just saying, in terms of having a player that can turn up in big games, and obviously he doesn't really get. I mean, he, he did score, um, and he got an assist against Zenit, but he doesn't really get that many goals and assists. Obviously, it's not really yeah. his job. But his ability to kind of, and he does this against anyone. I'm I'm not sure if at Chelsea personally, I've ever seen a better dribbler from the center of the park than him. Mm. Like his close control, he dribbles like a winger in the sense of he just beats men. Yeah. He's, he's kind of got that diminutive. He's short. But he's mm. really quick. I remember when he first came, he had the same haircut as yeah. made People used to go, oh, they look the same. And yeah, but... Um, you can't... So, you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, you couldn't tell the difference at times. Yeah, exactly. Because they, they're just like, Koffer's so good at dribbling. And that ability, when you're under mm. the press, when you're under pressure from a midfield of McGinn, who... Like uh, McGinn just constantly is harrowing you the whole game, just pressing, pressing. He's on your toes. So having cover, and obviously you saw it with the first goal, um, that ability to just take the ball. We think he does like about, I think it's three men he does kind of, um, <laughs> and he just plays uh, cover when he picks up the ball. And, yeah. Um, yeah, having that ability to just pick up the ball and play it, um, like he always comes up top of progressive stats and whatnot. 
and that's due to his dribbling mostly probably but he also passes it a lot they might not be the most cutting of edge passes but he's a lot better than people give him credit for and um finally just on rom obviously how good does it feel to have a striker that doesn't i think he's had six chances and scored four goals i saw someone say it was um, six shots on targets. Six shots. On I, think, targets. I think that's a double-edged sword, though. I think that's a, sorry. Yeah, to yeah, def- because, no, definitely. Like it's, it's going to come a, a time whereby you know th- these chances to take these shots aren't going to come up as 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 um as regularly. Maybe, as they do. maybe definitely. Like, like, like you'd hope that he has an abundance of chances to take more shots, but that's just me. Yeah, of course. Well, if he if he does get more shots, which hopefully he will, when I think uh, hopefully the front three kind of get a bit more chemistry together and whatnot, then we could be scoring even more goals. Because if he's this potent with this little chances, what's he going to do with even more chances? The thing is with like when it gets more potent, the thing is because we've got so many different options, that's the issue. Like they're going to be like keep on being rotated. So I I don't even know if that front three is going to be settled. It seems like he's happy Maybe. with Lukaku. He's happy with Mount, and then it will be like a third. I think maybe a third person always kind of. Rotated. I'm not sure about that. I think he's quite happy with Kai as well. I'm not sure. Like, yeah, he is. He's happy with Kai, but he seems to be okay with resting him. And I maybe. just think maybe, and maybe he's maybe he's just testing out because we saw, like you said, for for this game we saw Kai mm-hmm. and um, Ziyech, and, yeah. and the next one. And I think with Ziyech, just quickly on Ziyech, I think Ziyech was mad disappointing for me. And I think with Ziyech, it's like when you talk about Mendy and Lukaku, because Mendy made that double save in the Villa game, where like again, like mm. with, with goalkeepers, it's like you might not be in action for a while, but when you're called upon, you need to be there. And it's the same with strikers in terms of Lukaku. He might not be in a game for a while, but so far when he's called upon, he's been there. And obviously Mendy's about 28, Lukaku's about 28. And Ziyech is supposed to be, again, that same type of signing where it's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're someone we're signing to be the difference in the big moments. And I think with Ziyech, even though I've seen it sometimes, I just feel like with Lukaku so far, again, I have to predicate with so far, and with Mendy, we've seen it. We've been able to rely on them as that senior player to come through. And I think with Ziyech, because we knew what we were signing with a volume guy, like those, like more and more I'm seeing, because I, I get onto Mount about this, but more and more I'm seeing from Ziyech, opportunities to pass and then like you're the creative guy and then you're shooting and it's a, it's a shit shot like in pre-season it was going in but when you shoot like that it has to go in otherwise I'm onto you I don't care who it is like it was like I think it might even have been the um the Zenit game will go into it but I think I've seen that a bit more from CH and it's maybe because he's not mm. signed where he's, he's dragging his shots as well yeah yeah well, so, I, yeah, I actually thought ZH played played quite well funnily enough and I mean, like his final product and 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 decision making let him down. But what's frustrated me with frustrated me with him? This was in the Villarreal game. We got injured, and and last season is when we're in possession and we're we're trying to break down a low block. He can stand on the the edge of the defensive line and mm. just be so static. And mm. especially mm. we'd have times when the two wing backs push forward and the three front three are all right up against their back line, and we're moving the ball around, and and there's no movement. There's no one dropping deep to to try and drag a defender away. And whereas his 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 final product was was lacking in the Zenit game and the the Villa game, I thought his movement was was much better than I'd seen from him in in, in recent times. So that actually stood out as a, as a positive. And and on the Mendy thing, I was so impressed with with Mendy's dis- distribution in the, yeah. the Villa game and the Zenit game. And it reminded like I was thinking, like Peter Cech loved the guy, but his distribution was always shocking. <laughs> he, he the amount of times he'd boot the ball long out of play. 
um, was just really frustrating. But but Mendy is just is just a, another class in that in that side of things. I think if he carries on the form he's been with since he joined, he he, he could be one of our all time great keepers. The thing the thing is with Mendy, it's like and I think we'll, like with Werner as well. Do you know like how people still hold on? I think maybe it's kind of dying now. We've got a new striker, and people actually realise a striker you should be able to rely on them to score goals. Um, I think with Werner, it's taken a long time for people to just actually say, actually, he's not good enough for Chelsea as a, as, as a striker or as a forward player. And I think with Mendy, the opposite way, it's like, OK, maybe Chelsea fans love him. But at this point, I feel like it's just a longevity thing. So if Mendy keeps on doing what he's done since he's come for another year, then everyone will consider him maybe as the best goalkeeper in the league. But I think just because he's a new concept to a lot of people, um, and maybe we're not making enough noise about it, but obviously he's won the award of, you know, Champions mm. League. But I just feel like we're talking about distribution, top. We're talking about, you know, um, being talkative, communicating, coming out on claiming things, being kind of like progressive. Yeah, he's uh, brave, man. He's brave. I love yeah. to see that from a goalie. Like, mm-hmm. in the Zenit game, there obviously that one chance, obviously, like we've always said, we keep saying yeah. we'll get onto that, but that Zenit game, that one chance they had, and he just comes out and makes it really difficult. Yeah. Obviously, we're used to seeing Kepa, and he was he was just shook of everything, yeah, exactly. all anything, like so. Having a goalie, like like I said earlier, I don't want to say he's at the top top yet because I do need to see more from him. What more but, do you want to see though? Because is it just longevity? Or yeah, that's what. That, yeah, definitely, just what you said. It is longevity, and it's harsh on him. It's not nothing to do with him. It's not his fault, but. We've seen this a lot of times with players where they have like an amazing year and then you never know, especially with goalies. Like I can think, think of a, a couple goalies that have really good years. They get bought off good years. and they're kind What of, names? Uh, I, off the top of my head, I can think of more kind of lower ones. Uh, so you've got your, your Mignolet, obviously had a really good year at Sunderland, kind of went to Liverpool, was awful. I know this is harsh because Mendy's already done a lot more. Yeah, it is just it is just longevity. And, and, and I, I still think he's the first. Well, Henderson at United as well. Yeah, Pickford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, I think he's the third best goalie in the league. Third yeah. behind Addison, number one for me. Edison, number two. I what, think what? Mendy, if he carries on this year, could potentially take over Edison. Yeah, but Edison's passing is is a cheat code. But all I'll say is this: like when you're saying Mignolet and all those guys. He yeah. went to the top level, then got exposed at the top level. Mendy's gone to the top level. Agreed, agreed, agreed. His, his reputation. I know, like, obviously you're not against Mendy, but I'm just saying sometimes it's like, why do we wait so long for, like, a Werner? Because of what he done in the Bundesliga, it takes, like, people forever to just kind of actually mm. look what we're seeing right now. And it's the same with Mendy. I'm thinking, like, you can say right now that this is a goalkeeper that I probably wouldn't trade for most goalkeepers. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, no, Pe- I agree. KSTD, mate. Kepa, post-traumatic stress disorder. With, I don't with know the if Werner... I said that word, but that's what it is. <laughs> go on, go on, but with the with the Werner thing, I mean, the, the, it's obviously because because the goalkeeping position is such a specialized position. You know, with with Werner, you can see other things he brings to the game and and his movement and and how he how he keeps defenders occupied. With a goalkeeper, they're either they're either doing their job or we're conceding goals. You know, so it is it's it's a bit unfair to compare. But I I, I take your your overall point though. Yeah. So is there is there an example of someone like a goalkeeper at the top level that has had an amazing season? And then just falling off. Well, that's why I was saying Henderson at Sheffield United and then goes back to challenge De Gea and is useless, like, you know? But, I mean, David De Gea, David De Gea, but he, yeah, just David De Gea. <laughs> he just got old. So, I mean, that's a little... That's a little he's not even old. But... He's not even old. He's probably the same Well, age. then, yeah, David De Gea, he had really good seasons. Now he's right. absolutely awful. But, but it's not like 
that he's he's actually ability or whatever that kind of went down. I'm, where where what we're kind of discussing now is is Mendy a catfish? Basically, that's what we're saying, right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't. I think he's oh. third best. Like I said, third isn't third. That's not even a. That's good. That's not really, it's not really a slight on him to be fair. No, it's like the, the two goalies above him. It's not a slight, but what, what I'm getting at, and the reason why I'm on to Sam is because all he oh, wants is... Yeah. All he wants is, it's not like he's not really kind of evaluating his ability. He's just saying, okay, cool. Give me another four or five months of this and then I can give it the rubber stamp. And I get it, but at the same time, it's like, why can't we say right now? I mean, I think I, I low-key am saying right now. If I'm saying he's the third best goalie in the league, I'm saying... No, I'm even talking than... about in comparison. So would you swap? And maybe we go around. Would you swap? I know obviously Mendy's ours now. So from the kind of lo- like the loyalty mm. and the bond we've created, yeah. but just being cold, like when it comes down to it, if you had a choice between Mendy and like if you were to say for England, we would have a regent goalkeeper to come through and it would be Mendy or Edison, which goalkeeper would you want to come through for England? Can't lie, I'm gonna have to go with Edison. You think so? Yeah, it's passing, yeah. I think man. the distribution is just that edge. But it's, Messi, it's just that okay, edge. But then you get you get you get Mendy's distribution because we all know that Mendy's got good distribution. Yeah, he, he can. Yeah, he, he can. It, it's, it's like it's like if I was to compare like um, let, let me think of like a like, like let's say you compare Vardy's goals to like a Lewandowski. He's like yeah, Vardy scores goals, but there's another level above for me anyway. No, but but the only thing is if don't forget it's a goalkeeper position. So I just think for me, Mendy. I do think Mendy might be a better shot stopper. Yeah, and he's more commanded than coming out. So, like at the goal, like it's distribution isn't really the main thing for goalkeepers. Like, and yeah, for you, like I guess Mendy, for you, but in the modern game, you know. Yeah, but you didn't let me finish. I feel like Mendy's good enough at distribution for that not to be like you know, it's just margins getting mm-hmm. a little bit better um, distribution. But the main thing of goalkeeper is goalkeeping. So if Maybe. Mendy's really good at distribution, plus I think I personally think I'd rather Mendy in goal with the shot stopping and all that stuff. But uh, Luke. Um, I'm I'm obviously an Irishman, so I'm yeah, a big no, fan of Gavin, Gavin Bazuna. But um, the <laughs> I, I'd I'd keep I'd 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 take Mendy over over Edison. But I, I am a fan of Allison. Um, yeah. I think he's pure class. So he might be the only one for me that would that would edge it. Um, but yeah. yeah, I can agree with that. Like Allison, I do think he's the best goalie. I think he's I probably got both part. Allison, some some of the saves he makes are. I, I, I agree. Really my, good. My thing is that this is not this, all I'm saying is because I don't watch Liverpool week in, week out. I don't mm. know. I don't know. So maybe he's better. But what all we can agree on is that Mendy's been fa- a fantastic side. Oh, yeah. Mendy's he's really definitely, good. Definitely, definitely. And, and yeah. just to wrap up that and Villa saying when them guys, is, is it time to recall Saul? Because <laughs> boy, that, that, that debut was not exactly the, the most you know enjoyable. The, the debut. The debut was so interesting because number one, Tuchel threw him in there, which shocked mm. me. It, mm. Same, I wasn't Facts. expecting it. I wasn't it, expecting it at it all. It shocked me. And then when I started to see him play, I was like, okay, cool. This is good to see. Um, but I didn't expect it to be so bad. I didn't Agreed. expect it to be so bad. Um, I could see some good things because what I like to do is when everybody kind of goes, oh, this person's shit, and it's what I like to say, okay, what's the light in the dark? So like, really and truly, I can see some ability. In terms of like he was trying to take on players, you can see he's got technique. Uh, but at the same time, there needs to be an attitude adjustment in terms of firefighting. This is yeah, why I like Jorginho, Kovacic, Kante, they're firefighters. When there's a fire going on, mm. they run in there, the action men. Do you know what I'm saying? With 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 Saul, he doesn't 
he doesn't quite have that. Maybe he'll adapt and maybe he'll get that. But also, it's just like I'm seeing like tweets from Aleppo fans saying, "Yeah, he loses the ball." Yeah, they, they they seem they seem way too <laughs> yeah. happy. Like they, they, they were literally tra- like they were waiting that. for this game. Yeah. So what what worries me is this is not it's not like. I thought at first, oh, it's just adjusting to the Premier League, but no, he's doing this in La Liga as well. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So you can't necessarily blame him on adjustment. But um, what is interesting for me is um, if Tuchel requested him, because I think so far Tuchel seems kind of cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. And in fact, his reaction, <laughs> yes. his reaction to the Sal's performance in Aston Villa, he was candid afterwards. He said what he saw, what we all saw, and we haven't seen him since. So... It'll be interesting because... Yeah, but to, to be know, since, since there's only one game. I know, I know, game. I know, I know. But he didn't bring him off the bench. He brought Ruben Loftus-Cheek off the bench. Do you know what I'm saying? So, for, for one minute. Yeah, but he still... But still again, and was, I, I swear Ruben was playing like up front in the number 10 position as well. But, but what I'm saying is, like, really and truly, like, he could have thrown Saul that bone. Do you know what I'm saying? Afterwards, I'm sure if Saul played better and he didn't start, then he would have come off the bench. So... And, and to be fair, it would have been when, better that way, to be honest, for him not to start yeah. against Villa and come off the bench and see yeah. it like last 30 or something. But, but, but yeah, but with, with Saul, um, I, I just don't think the upside so far from what I'm seeing, I don't think he brings enough upside. And I think that his adjustment is going to be take too long, plus it's a loan. So if, even if he does adjust towards the end of the season, then it's probably Sayonara. But, but do you think he, so, Dan, do you think he can't turn it around? Is that what you're saying right now? I, I didn't say that he can't, but what I'm saying is when it comes down to it, you've got Kante, Jorginho, Kovacic. And so these guys are ready to go. So why would we invest in adjusting Saul when we've got three hitters? So if one of them gets injury and then we need to kind of make him adjust, but really and truly we've got three top midfielders. And like when it comes down to it, we're not, do you know what I'm saying? We're not necessarily going to invest this year in, making Saul Premier League ready. We've got we've got other things to aim for. We're actually tro- like trophy hunting. So I'm just saying it's gonna be very difficult for us. Yeah, I I think he'll I think he'll he'll come good. Um you know when we've the Club World Cup coming up and all these competitions coming thick and fast, I can see him getting more and more game time and growing into the season. Having said that, I don't think we'll keep him permanently. I think if you look at Gallagher at, at Palace or or um Billy Gilmore I think there's, or even rumours today with, with Jude Bellingham, I think there's there's better long-term options out there. But I think he could end up having a, a you know, a kind of special season where he kind of does the job and, and is a, you know, lives long in our memories when we think about him in years to come. But he's not at the club anymore, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, you lot of Dan's pretty much summed up what I thought, but I don't want to jump to any major conclusions. It was his debut. He'd been in the country about... I don't know, not even a week. I saw reports today. He's living in a hotel hasn't got his family with him. Obviously, that's nothing to do with on the pitch, but it kind of, all of this has an impact. You're just throwing him into a game against a tough midfield. McGinn, I mean, ironically, we got him in a cup, so he's probably going to fail the McGinn test twice in a month, so that'll be good. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't really enamoured by the signing. I feel like we could have just filled his role with someone else. It's just someone in the, like, we're churning out centre mids for fun. We've got, Loftus cheap. We've got Barkley. I mean, maybe they're not the centre-mid you want. Or, mm, it's fourth yeah, choice. You're not, you're not exactly compelling me here, Sam. No, but it's yeah, fourth but, choice, man. Like, they're not even going to play. They're going to exactly. play like, a couple games here and there. Why do exactly. I checked? I've got the wage budget up right now because I was obviously checking earlier. And he's on... No, I don't have the wage budget up. I deleted the page. But <laughs> he's on like 198k or something. I don't know how much of that we're Who paying. Is? Who Soul. is? Really? 
I don't know if we pay all of that. I don't know if we pay. I don't know how loans work. Boy, different, but he's on like something like 198k. Like, what are we doing? That's That's it's a mental piece of business. But yeah, maybe and, it'll and, come good. And and like again, when we bought in ZH, it's like okay, cool. You're like I know that Sal came off a of bad form, but really and truly, I'm expecting these type of guys to come in and not necessarily hit the ground running because obviously it's some, some adjustment. But you have to be. I think that was one of the worst debuts I've seen. A lot of people said that was worse than the Bakayoko Watford. Not for me. But that was so poor. And I don't care about the family and the hotel and stuff. Really and truly, <laughs> like, I don't. I don't. That's, that's fair enough, man. It's fair enough. The reason why I'm saying it is because, um, yeah, the reason why I'm saying it is because really and truly, I just want to see intensity. And I don't think all of that kind of context about the family and the, the thing. Yeah. I think some people could argue being away from you <laughs> actually makes you play better to be honest but, <laughs> yeah. hey, who knows? Well, I, I, I wonder how much did the uh did the potential links between him and united have to do with the the transfer like you know was there a bit of a cynical gamesmanship on the the chelsea board level where they were thinking if we get him he's a decent backup for the for the three and it stops united strengthening their weakest area of their pitch like you know maybe that's a bit conspiracy theory but it makes sense yeah it sounds it sounds conspiracy but um I think with with Sal, we were linked with him pretty early. And from, from what the links that I saw, it seemed like this was Tuchel's choice. Tuchel wanted Sal, so he's got his choice. But I think the good thing with Tuchel, like, at the end, maybe he's just not convinced anymore. And like Sam says, we've got Barkley, we've got Ruben, and obviously we've got people on loan. So that's interesting. Um, but that's um, the Villa game. So on to the Zenit game. And to be fair, I think both with Villa and Zenit, and we've talked about it over the cafe a little bit already, these are teams we've expected, we're expected to beat. And I think back in the season, as much as we won the Champions League and everything was great, there was a theme of us like playing against these teams we're expected to beat and then dropping points or not necessarily doing it and us playing better against teams where it's a bit more of a difficult opposition. So coming into the like Zenit first game in the Champions League, we've seen with United lose to the young boys. I know we did win, but it wasn't like we blew them away. Um, so yeah, coming into that game, um, did you just kind of, did you feel a little bit nervous in terms of the fact that we don't usually beat small teams under two call, Sam? Um, I didn't really feel nervous about Zenit. I didn't really know much about them, to yeah. be perfectly honest. I heard after the game that it's their first loss in 19 games or something. Yeah. Granted, they're not exactly playing the best opposition week in, week out, but still, it means they're probably relatively tough to break down. Um, and... Same with the Villa game. I think this last season we draw or lose that game. Yeah. And so, exactly that's the difference, isn't it? I ain't going to whinge about a win, man. I know everyone, like we're European champions. We have a good squad. We've got brilliant players, brilliant manager. We still ain't going to win every game 3 4 nil. These games, mm. there's going to be at least probably 15, 20 of these games in a year. Hopefully we can win them. Um, that's, I know it's cliche, but that is the signs of champions is you win the games where you don't turn up. Not mm. every team. I know Liverpool and City have had this weird three years where they've kind of taken the, um, taken the league to another level. But I don't know if that's going to be the norm now. Mm. Um, yeah, so I don't want to... The, Z, the, Zen, the Zenit got a game... I think Rudiger was good. Um, I watched um, some extended highlights again uh, yeah. this afternoon and Rudiger was actually really good. That one yeah. run, if he scored that goal, Jesus, that would have been... He does that once a game. Once a game, just randomly pick the ball up from centre mid and go, you know what? Yeah. I'm doing this on my own. And this time he actually got basically to the box and he nearly scored. But yeah, cover good again. You know, I liked, 
you know what I like to write really quickly? At what? the beginning of the game, obviously, Zenit, there's not many names I recognise, but I recognise Malcolm that went to Barcelona. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. like he was the one I was thinking, okay, cool. Like you know, he might have something at the beginning of the game. Malcolm trying to take on Rudiger. Rudiger just pushed him. <laughs> it, for me, it was a little bit of a foul, but Rudiger just pushed him. Yeah. Like do you know, like this he is clattered, he basically just clattered him. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's so, it. Rudiger's definitely that guy. And I, I think I mentioned it before on a pod, but there's obviously that um, interview of Antonio and Cho. And Antonio yeah. said when he tried to run past Rudiger once, Rudiger was just like, "Not today, mate." And you yeah. know, he's that kind of guy. He's gonna. Yeah. Um, British term, he's going to let them know that he's there early, but he doesn't really do it in a way where he boots someone or he just does it mm. in like a in a Rudiger way, I'll say. Yeah, yeah but man. the thing is with Rudiger as well. So, Rudiger from that game, when I watched it again, there was obviously the last ditch because there was Christensen was amazing. We'll go on to Christensen, mm. but the one time he got beat, yeah, yeah and then yeah. Rudiger came, Rudiger came out of nowhere, but yeah. also like his lofted balls. So, you can see the different aspects to his game. He's that kind of aggressive defender. We all know that he kind of travels and brings the ball up um, well. And then obviously he's got the, the lofted passes. Like he, he dares to make that pass. When there's a player that's making a run in behind and it's a long diagonal, it's just like a quick, he does it. Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, he executes too. But also like in the last ditch. So yeah, so Rudiger, like again, he's carrying on his form and obviously he hasn't signed that contract. Mm. Um so, yeah. yeah, I was going to say on the topic of like squad cohesion, you know, we've got the Rudiger contract situation. And for me personally, I think he's being done dirty, man. Like, I, I saw the, the figures being touted by Matt Law. I think it was like 140k. And it's like, come on, man. This guy he easily for me is our top two, top three at least players at the moment in terms of importance. Like if you take out Rudiger, you're, you're taking out a massive chunk of the team in terms of ball progression, defending, leading. Like, I feel like what, what they've done there, like, they, they've, they're going to miss a trick if they give a new contract because, what, you have, like, a chill or no offence to him, he's on, what, 190? So, I mean, come on now. Like, this, this is, like, one of the best defenders in Europe, one of the best defenders in the world, and you've got him in the prime of his life. You know, like, you see the clubs are interested in PSG and Real Madrid. It's not, for, it's not by coincidence, you know. The guy's a top-quality player. Clearly, the guys at the club love him, you know. You can tell that like, he's one of those players that he demands a lot from the, from the from um, his teammates, if you, if you get what I mean. It's a bit yard but I, d- I do think those kind of things do matter. Cause, like, you can always see him at the training clips, you know, he's, he's pushing people on, you know, he's mm-hmm. clattering people. Like, I remember that, that when people made a whole big deal of him um, clattering Gilmore, but I, I feel like you, you need somebody like that, man, mm-hmm. within like, even like your workplace, you need someone that keeps people sharp. And I feel like when you've got someone like that and he's on, what, 100K a week, just give him that contract. Give him that contract, man. He, he do, you know what it is? do you know what it is? Quickly, before we obviously move to the other cast members. But, yeah, like, Rudiger doing that to Billy Gilmore in training, that prepares Gilmore when he comes out in his match and other people try to bully him. Do you know what I'm saying? He's getting it in training. So, again, it's like, when it, when it comes down to what type of club are we forging here? Like, Lukaku coming in, you can see it's almost like more of the kind of adult kind of leadership. We've got a bit more of that now. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think it's, that this is why, for me, Mount, from when he first came to the scene, he's got a bit more of that nastiness, a little bit more of that, you know, uh, you, you know, like that when Mourinho was saying in uh, All or Nothing. Got a bit more proper Chelsea. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, but yeah, but that nastiness, that nastiness, you need a little bit of that too. No, our, our successful teams have always been built on that. Yeah. Have been big, strong, scary teams. Like that's yeah. genuinely what all of our successful teams have been built on, having a and, spine... Yeah, and I was just going to say, Christensen as well. Christensen, everybody used to say that he was a bit, you know, like, you know, he was weak or he wasn't good at duels. But I'm even seeing that from him. I'm seeing the more brutish side of Ruggedness, him. Ruggedness, yeah. 
yeah, so yeah, I like that. And obviously Rudiger's leading in that regard. Mm. So what, what do you what do you think, Luke, about the situation? What, what what's, what's your take? Yeah, no, I think Rudiger has been given a new contract. I think he was he was absolutely outstanding in the game, as was Christensen. Although this felt like Chelsea of 10 years ago, and and as Sam kind of touched on about bullying teams, you know, we used to go to these group stages of the Champions League. And we'd often not play well, but you knew we were coming out with three points. And I think the difference was that bit of personality at the back, um, but also Lukaku, that's what he's there for. Because especially in the first half, like Mount, Mount's final ball was just like absolute death. Like he was terrible. And, uh, and so you just need sometimes to, to, for the big man up top to come out with a goal and just get the three points and walk away unscathed. Like, you know, you see what you can eat. These groups can easily turn into to really ugly dog fights, fights. And that's what, what United are going to end up in now after their, their young boys results and just avoiding that kind of drama and stress at this yeah. point in the league is, is, is the main thing, regardless of the, of, regardless of the performance, like, you know, Defo, 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 and yeah, let's, let's just hope that the, the club really do, you know, do, 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 do well by Rudiger. Yeah. Yeah, I think I do just finally, I think we will eventually sort it. I think both teams are just playing hardball. I think we'll eventually agree it um, to about probably similar to Chilwell, 190. Um, but yeah, Chelsea, like, I don't know, we, we're just probably trying to get it as cheap as possible, really. You know, we're like, mm. but I, just, I just think it's risky, man. I think it's, it's risky, it's, man. It's, it's negotiation still. Do you know what I'm saying? Kante it's, it's true, right? But damn Jorginho hasn't signed a contract yet. Mm. Christensen's contracts. Do you know what I'm saying? This is when really- was the last time we let a player go? Like that. Yeah, true, true. Fair like enough. we just have to respect the process of negotiation at the same time. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of it just because of like how highly I value him. Like I, I just think to myself, right? If if he were to replace um, Rudiger, like what what kind of player would it be, and just what kind of cost would it come at? Like it's not going to be an easy type of signing if you get what I mean. Like, I don't yeah, think I that. Huddersfield recently, mate. It could be for free. What was that? Sorry, I said I've been watching Huddersfield recently. It could be for free. Oh, Colwell. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but, I mean. That's that's a risky one, man. He's still he's still young. You know Turning I mean? him out. Tomorrow he's gone. Go, he's gone. Now yeah. it's now it's Project Colwell. Do you know what's interesting? Um, in it was it Champions League. Sevilla played. Um, who they play? Leipzig, not Leipzig. The other um Red Bull club, Salzburg. Yeah. And Kunde was getting spun. I know. Spun. Kar- I know he, he doesn't want to be there, man. <laughs> yeah, no, but I don't even think it's that. Kareem Adeyemi is just fast, but it's like, do you know what I'm saying? Like mm. he was getting spun and to see like all the 80 million talk etc etc and he just looked like he had a really bad day so it's interesting but yeah with Rudiger I, I trust that he I think he wants to stay but when it comes down to it, PSG or Real Madrid they, they you know they can turn your head and he's going to be on a free and these that's why like these guys are circling so um I mean if he wants to go then he should go really and truly like he's been here for a long time and people are just rating him now so I don't think anyone can really um big one yeah. Does does some of this go to the back end of the the Lampard uh, time when when he was kind of left out in the cold for a long time and there was talks yeah. of him moving on then maybe he still feels a bit bitter over over a that period like that. you know plus like I saw a tweet where when Tuchel came in everyone was like there was one tweet saying ah oh, see um, Tuchel wanted to sign Rudiger and Jorginho that means these players might get a second lease of life and you saw all of the fans reacting and and it just kind of takes you back into that that time where really and truly all of the abuse that was said about both of them, you know, sometimes that stuff is hard to forget. Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to Rudiger, Rudiger saying, okay, do I stay with these fans too? Let's, let's not, let, let's not beat around the bush. Chelsea fans were singing Jorginho's name um, at the last game at home in, at Zenit. The same way Chelsea fans were booing him before. And then if you remember headband Jorginho, 
remember under Sari, they they didn't like him. Then it was headband Jorginho. Then they liked him again. And so, like Rudiger, it might turn again. Chelsea fans might turn again on Rudiger. So really and truly, like it's not really like a lowly thing. He doesn't owe us anything. And mm-hmm. if Real Madrid and PSG are going to offer him fat contracts and he can play at the highest level, then it, they, no one can begrudge him. Well, I think we, we we really dodged a bullet in that regard in the fact that there was no fans in the stadium when Tuchel came over because yeah. I think things could have got very toxic that way. You know, you like when Mourinho left and it was the, the three rats thing and stuff, you could have... Yeah. I'm not saying it definitely would have been, but, you know, there's definitely... There was the potential yeah. for that kind of stuff to happen again. So, yeah. like, you know, we... we, we Yeah, so I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Well, who do you want to speak? We're talking about the Zenit game. Um, so, do you want to, uh, Sam, do you want to talk on Mount? <laughs> Dan, that, that, that was nasty but I, no, I, I man, that was just a conversation opener no man I'll be honest like you know I'm a Mount fan but he was awful like he wasn't good um, mm-hmm. it's fine um, him and Ziek in those number 10 positions I don't think they work well together uh, I, I, sorry, so I, I, don't, I don't agree so I, I don't think it's fine I, I don't think it's fine which, I mean, for, for, for me personally and, and, and what do you mean Sam, fine why are you though? trying I mean, to bring Ziek in let's focus on Mount <laughs> oh I, well yeah like I mean he, he was bad. His his final ball was just off. He just wasn't his range. He couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't mind his um, movement between the lines. I do think he picks up dangerous positions. And I um, think Agreed. out of all of our number 10s, he tries that pass where he like passes it into the forward line. I think a lot of the time he's wanting a one-two to, to have a shot because that's what mm-hmm. Mount like doing. But I like that he does try to find the front man. And I think... Mm-hmm with Lukaku and the longer they work together, they will be able to kind of build a thing. You saw a little bit, it could have worked. He passed it into Lukaku, Lukaku passed it off to him. Mount had a kind of bad touch and the chance was gone. But I do think that could be an avenue Chelsea could work. But yeah, like he was, he wasn't, he didn't play well. Um, He's, he's a player. He, he's some games he's not going to play well and yeah. he'll, he'll, bounce, you, he'll bounce back. He always does. Yeah. So, so you just said, right, you know, it, it, it will get better. So, Mm. By comparison, you know, we saw, you know, Werner and Mount, those are our two most played play players um, by minutes. And to me, it didn't like it got better there as the season went on. So what is so different in this situation that we will see it get better in terms of like their chemistry? What, Mount and Lukaku? Yeah. Well, firstly, Lukaku is a far better player than Werner. So there's that. Yeah, that's true, but... That doesn't really link to chemistry because, th- like, if let's look at like a Ziyech and Werner last season, we, we all saw it. There was that connection. They were assisting each other. You know, they were finding each other consistently. Yeah, but like right? I just like I explained with the Mount passing it into Lukaku, I think that's why. Mm. I think I think they will suit each other better. I don't think mm-hmm. Mount and Werner really suit each other that well. Werner's ability is to run in behind on the shoulder. Mount isn't the best at seeing early passes. Um, so I don't think they suit each other that well. I do think Mount and Lukaku suit each other better. Yeah. So here's my thing. Um, so we've seen Mount with Tammy that was the first under Lampard mm. and it was more if anyone was going to pass to anyone to set them up it was more Tammy passing Tammy to Mount to set them yeah. up and again like you kind of suggested yourself um, like yeah he might pass to get the ball back from Lukaku so really yeah. really and truly in this game watching it back I don't I don't necessarily think Mount had as bad a game as Ziyech I think Ziyech, definitely didn't. Ziyech was I think definitely Ziyech was, worse. I think Ziyech was a lot worse because Ziyech wasn't in the game. And I think with Mount, as much as we all know Mount, and uh, like Mount is urgency over accuracy. The same way, you know, uh, maybe it was Bar- yeah, Barkley as an example. Everyone was like, oh, he's taking too long, etc. 
Mount will never take too long, but that's because he's not going for accuracy. And that game, most things didn't come off. Like, that's, let's just be honest. I think everybody knows most things didn't come off. But in terms of what Tuchel likes, in terms of recovering the ball in the final third, he'd done that three or four times. He may have messed it up. He may have messed it up at the end of it, but he was intense, which um, Tuchel likes. And don't forget, he kept Mount on. If, if Tuchel was really frustrated with Mount, he would have taken him off. He kept him on. And, and to be fair, with Tuchel ball, which is mostly about recovering the ball in a final third and going I don't think Mount had as trash a game as Ziyech because Ziyech, really and truly, wrong decision-making, but he wasn't in the game. He wasn't really... I, I don't know. Luke, maybe Luke comes and said he watched it again and he thought Ziyech was amazing. But I thought well, Ziyech... <laughs> No, I, I didn't. I didn't think Ziyech was was amazing, but I, I did think my point earlier wasn't that he the Ziyech was amazing, no, like a nine out of ten. It was about his movement. I thought was better than than he often yeah. is. But man, yeah. on the mount thing, he, he well, just towards the end of that that first half and at the start of the second half, just when you start getting frustrated with his final product, he wins. As you were saying, he wins the ball yeah. high up the pitch, yeah. and and suddenly we were on the front foot. And you think yeah. there's no other, even Havertz or, or Werner, there's just no one else who does that for us. Yeah. Um, and it is it is crucial to how we play. No, yeah, I, it's like yeah. Yes. It's like when it's like when you have Kante amount on, on, on the ball on the field, it's crazy because the amount of energy and the amount of times they win the ball, you can see that's two cool balls. They can't breathe. Teams can't yeah. breathe. It's, it's a big it's, reason of why we won the Champions League. And it, it with, is. The, with the Mount and Ziek thing, Ziek, he's in the team to create. Let's be honest now. That's his job. He yeah. he's in there to create. That's what he's supposed to be good at. Right. He doesn't really offer like a lot. He he can score, he's got a good shot. Well, not in the last couple of games, but He's definitely shown that he's got a good finish and he can create. If he's not doing that, he is not bringing everything else that Mount is bringing. So Mount can be an absolute eyesore. Like some of the crosses were making me sick. I was like, what are you doing? You're a professional footballer. Just at least get it in the box. You're overhitting it. But like Dan said, he is never out of the game. And I appreciate players like that massively. He doesn't have periods of the game where they pass him by. He's always active. He's always there. And some days it's not going to come off like every footballer. The Mount fans, they're just as bad. They just say, oh, no, he wasn't bad. He done this and that. Just say he was bad. Look, he was bad. We, we go again next week. He'll be fine. Just, yeah, the whole Mount discourse is... Is, is, that, is that the president of, of, of the Mount <laughs> fans rallying the troops? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, just, it's just, I'm bored. I'm so bored. Yeah, no, the whole Mount... <laughs> Thing is, the whole mount thing is there. Could he not just he play and just be a normal player? Like, no, no, but, no, no, no. But Sam, at the same time, just quickly, like again, with all players, we talk about them and we we do constructive criticism. So I'm bored of people not allowing us to do constructive. Oh, agreed, 100. percent They should. That's that. But, that was but my at point the same about time, the this whole not allowing that. this whole civil war about mount, I'm sick of it. I'm so sick. <laughs> it's so boring. Like it's, it's just. Like, oh, yeah, you, you have to almost it. choose a side, and it's just it's tiring. No, it was just it was the same in the Euros. Like you know, when 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 people were saying what's he bringing, but like I, there's no one else in the England squad who can do what he does in terms of his 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 pressure off the ball, his, you know, his positional awareness, his his ability to link uh, attack and and or you know midfield and attack when when it does come off when he when he is playing well. Do you know, I don't think I don't think Grealish or anyone else could have could have I done th- what the job that he did in that England side. If you know what I mean. I I think I think Lingard does that well. Um, I yeah, know yeah. there, but I think like Lingard does that well. I, you also pass this to young boys quite well as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, but that, I agree. The rest of the, the attacking midfielders, they don't do that. But yeah, yeah, I, with England as well, there's so much more pressure on him to create because he's a sole ten. 
mm-hmm. and we don't have wing backs. But that brings us on to like the creative issue. Like we said with Ziyech, Ziyech is meant to be the creator. We've seen him over the two games, Villa and Zenit. And don't forget, preseason he started well, but it's just like, like I mentioned earlier in the pod, Mendy coming in, you're 28. Do you know what I'm saying? You're not, a, you're not 22. You're coming in to be straight away, to be a hitter. Same with Lukaku. And I think with Ziyech, I think this is what people were expecting, but like, he's not necessarily, I don't think we can rely on him. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. I, think- I, I had some stocks earlier this season, man, during that preseason, and then that injury, it, it seems to have just completely curtailed his, um, his form. Um, mm-hmm. what, you, what were you going to say, Sam? That wasn't me. No, I was, I was, I was going to say, like, I, I totally agree, but I think we were missing a, a ball carrier as well, and we kind of had that when, when, when Hudson went up front uh, yeah. towards the end, but he, he still. Um, sorry, I'm thinking of the, the Villa game, <laughs> but, but no, the, you're thinking about Zenit. It was Zenit. No, he was Zenit. He Zenit went up front. Sorry, the, the two yeah. games merged yeah. in my head. Yeah. So when he went up front, but he, he, he actually wanted to move with the ball. Now he there was a few times wait, he wanted him he to take. Against, his... I saw he didn't play against Zenit. I saw it was against Villa. He went. Left no, he was. He was. Like it was. It was Villa. Yeah, he, went, he went my left. Yeah. No, no, that's that's my that's my fault because I got the two games with my head. But my, my but I think the point stands for both games anyway because there was no one who was willing to try and take on a man and and move the ball in in possession like or or at least he was doing it successfully. Zich doesn't do that you know mounts that at the same level so uh, or as 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 other players like Pulisic or or Hudson Adoy in, in in that regard so you know I think that that can often when you have a player like like Zayac you can help when you have others beating men and and moving moving the defense around in front of him for him to 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 make yeah. space and 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 create something you know it's probably why it worked best with Timo yeah, yeah. Like, how many times did they score that goal where Timo just ran in a straight line and then pulled it back? Like, yeah. They definitely scored that goal at least two or three times. Um, it was in the FA Cup as well against... Yeah. yeah. I don't know what to yeah. say about Ziyech in the sense of, I don't want to sound horrible, but I think he thinks he's better than he is. <laughs> like, he plays with this kind of blasé, like, does everything a bit slow, and it's just like, maybe just be a bit more intense, kind of. Like, Havertz does it as well, but Havertz is so good that he kind of gets away with it. I don't know if Ziyech has that. Does he get away with it? Mm, I think so. Yeah, I think Kai, Kai is big and strong and quick. And yeah, fantastic. You know what, you know what the difference is? The, the thing is with Kai. When I watch Kai, like I remember that um, the Villa game. I remember watching it, thinking he didn't do much. And I watched it back, and every single time he touched the ball, most of the time he touched the ball, it was class. It was yeah, like quick thinking. It, it, it was quick thinking. He knew what he was going to do before um, it, the ball came to him. It was very efficient and sometimes you can kind of gl- like gloss over it but with ZH a lot like when you watch Kai it's just like okay good decision good decision good movement etc etc but then with ZH it's just like hmm that shot that overhit pass etc etc that's the yeah. difference that I'm seeing he's hitting a load of 10% passes that might come off but 90% of the time they don't mm-hmm. basically and I think with Kai as well in the Villa game, I think he was quiet and he didn't do much. But I think a lot of that was because he was coming too deep. Yeah. Um, because I think he's used to playing with Mount at the minute and him and Mount kind of um, alternate between who comes deep and who's kind of staying a little bit more up there. And I think they're both comfortable coming into the midfield. Ziet can't do that as much. So Kai has to kind of take most of that on um, mm. to kind of be that extra midfielder because most I, teams I, you're playing against get out three midfielders. Well, Kai, I just think sorry. it was... Sorry, no, I, I just think it was Mount does do that. I think Mount's in that team to be that person that drops deeper. And because uh, Mount wasn't playing, I think they just asked Havertz to, to do that. Yeah, 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 definitely. But Havertz def- uh, does it as well. And I think they do kind of alternate. 
but yeah, Mount probably does it more. Mm. Well, I thought I thought Kai's purple patch against Villa was when it was one point in the second half when Lukaku moves out further right and and Kai is playing for about ten minutes right down the middle and his yeah. first touch in a couple of those moments with balls over the top was just absolutely world class and I think yeah. that's. You know, that's something I'd like to see more yeah. of. The Zenit goal also indirectly comes from Kai, in my opinion. Having that extra man in the box with height who can win a header made the Zenit yeah. defenders think, oh, I can't just two-man up on Lukaku. Yeah. I have to kind of have an extra man to hold off Kai. And then obviously it was 1v1. You don't want to go 1v1 with Lukaku because, yeah, we've seen what happened plenty of times. And I'm so disappointed with the, the whole kind of Kai not being a central upfront figure anymore because I really liked him. Like, yeah, in the whole season trying to find the best place for where Kai looks good. And, and then towards the end of the season, we got to see Kai up front and we loved it. Mm-hmm, and yeah. even when he was playing off of the striker, he'd still, because Vernon would vacate that spot, he'd still find himself in the box. Exactly. And so to start the yeah. season again and see Kai doing the midfield role again, it's, it's not good. I think yeah. Kai could be one of those rare players who could eventually turn into a kind of free role kind of player. And just kind of have license I, to I want him, I want him move across wherever front. he wants to. I want yeah, him. I've, I've, I've wanted him up front, man. Because, like, yeah, yeah he, he he has the intelligence and the ability to, to do that midfield role. But let, let's be honest, man, the, the most damage you're going to get from the guy is in and around the penalty area. He, yeah. He's quick, deafness of touch, the yeah. intelligence, you know, the and just, just those final actions, whether we finish, enough, finish mm-hmm. off on a move or like just the finishing touch just before the move, you know, he's not exactly a creator, but. He has that like calmness to find that pass just before, if you get what I mean. So I feel no. like when you have him there on that inside right channel, I feel like that's that's just the perfect place to play him. Not even just that, but with Kai, um, yeah, like the space, like he exploits space, like he exploits space. And if you're having him deeper, he doesn't get to do it. And when it comes down to it, like the Champions League goal, that's classic Kai. You find looking at the space and going through, and I just feel like we're missing that. A, a, a bit with giving him more kind of midfield responsibilities, but yeah. Well, yeah, I think if you take if you take let's say look at the squad last season, um, of of the of the attackers that we had last season, he's the only one who you think could kick on even in the next few months and go yeah. into proper world class level. Like you know, he's yeah. he, even at even for Germany in the Euros, you know, he's playing that kind of space interpreter uh, Tony Cruz yeah. kind of role, and uh, and you know he was he was he was top class, and he's yeah. he's his football in, footballing intelligence is just insane like you can you know as you, as you touched on with his decisions and everything and yeah I think when we had him as the false nine last season I think that was our most kind of productive period yeah. for, for the for the attack and I you know that's the the problem with bringing in Lukaku is that he's going to suck up all the oxygen because he's going to you know want to play most games as this kind of the target man so it, it's difficult for for so, players like Kai I feel like you can stop top yeah for me it's fine but just Consistently, yeah, and the cup up front. Yeah, no, I, I, know, I, they can co, they can coexist. But I think I you're think getting. Kai, that. I don't think Kai can will will really reach his full potential until he's the the main guy. Like you know, mm-hmm. the team's the, the front line's built around him. He'll still perform amazingly with Lukaku playing off behind him. And you think you saw that against Arsenal? Like him and Mount were insane yeah. behind Lukaku. It was it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm interesting. Not, yeah. it's interesting. Do you remember when we signed him off of the back of it was lockdown the restart. And what happened was, I think it was was it Vola, uh, for Bayer Leverkusen. He was obviously a striker, but then he got injured. So back in the season, they just put Kai up front because their main striker got injured. And then obviously we saw what happened in terms of Kai shining. And then again, last season, Kai doing loads midfield, midfield. But then Tuchel comes in, doesn't trust any strikers, put Kai up and he puts Kai up front. And then we saw the best Kai. And so 
really and truly, I think Tuchel's been discussing with um, Flick about Kai's best position, etc., etc. But really and truly, the evidence is showing us like this guy. If you want to see the best from him, make sure that he doesn't have to do midfield Just keep him up front. But yeah, mm-hmm. like he can do a lot of midfield roles. But yeah, like what, I watched the Villa game again, and I think in the, the things that he did, he was class. But like Luke said, like really and truly, if you want to see the best, put him up front. Defo, defo, defo. And on topic of games, you know, we've got a quite interesting and run up coming in. So we've got Spurs away this um this Sunday. We then got Villa, you know, another game against him in the Carabao Cup. We've then also got City at home and then we've got Juve in the UCL. So, you know, looking towards those fixtures, obviously the Spurs one, you know, that's because that's the closest one. You know, how are you guys, how are you guys feeling? Are we feeling confident? Because for me personally, I'm I'm expecting four wins. It's a big, it's a big game, even though. Spurs, like to be fair, Spurs have started the season quite well, obviously, onto yeah. the last game against Palace. But it's a big game, and we do well in big games under Tuchel. But at the same exactly. time, people are coming thick and fast. So, like preparing the team mentally after a Champions League game, sometimes what you find is players, especially because it's the first Champions League game of the season, and obviously we're coming in as winning, so we want to do well. Maybe like sometimes they're mentally prepared for that game. And then the next game is more of an afterthought. So that's a potential danger because it is a big game against Spurs and Spurs will raise their game. Plus Nuno, if you remember, Tuchel's first game was against Wolves and Nuno um, and we couldn't break them down. And maybe Nuno takes um, courage. Was that, that. was that really his first game? Was it though? What do you mean? That was that weird like 24 hour one. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, but it was, yeah, it was his first game. Obviously like, yeah, obviously that was just him finding about the team. But, what I'm saying is with Nuno, Nuno is known as a defensive manager and we don't do well against teams yeah. that sit back. We do well against teams that kind of come up and that, therefore we can do the third phase recoveries with obviously et cetera, et cetera. Apparently Kante is going to be fit and going to be playing, but I've really liked Jorginho and Kovacic. Now Kovacic has got... Yeah, I wonder who gets back. dropped because Kante is definitely coming in, so... Yeah. Probably be Kovacic, but it's kind of unfair. But to be fair, it's, it's fine because I think as long as we just kind of keep all three of them fresh, I'm not really precious about it. But yeah. what, I'm, what I'm saying is, even though Kovacic, the last two games, obviously he scored. You know what? People do this thing where it's like when um, a player scores, they're like, it's not just the fact that he scored the overall game. But if he didn't score, you wouldn't be rating him the same way. Like people really hang on to goals and assists. But I think, I think Jorginho has been like amazing. Obviously he came on in the Aston Villa game after Saul was, was thinking out the joint and he, and he changed the game. And then against Zenit, I watched it again and I was really, really impressed by Jorginho and Kovacic in terms of, obviously, it's just their dynamic working as a two, the intensity. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, Kante comes in, who goes out, but I really trust that pivot, no matter who's playing. I, like, I remember yeah, under Lampard, under Lampard, everyone's saying, it's got to be this combination, that combination, but whoever plays, I trust the pivot. And then Christensen, Thiago Silva, again, I don't mind. Really, truly, both of them have shown that they can do the jobs there. What, where I'm really kind of disappointed is the wing-back areas and then the behind-the-striker areas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of Spurs, uh, what you said about um, it's going to be like we do better in big games, but they're going to they're going to play like a lower team. They're going to put eleven men behind the ball. Yeah, uh, uh, they haven't. They don't create at all. Haven't they created like one big chance this year or something in the Prem? Um, I'm pretty sure Sun's still going to be out. Who's probably their most dangerous player? I know they've got Kane, but in terms of against us, I think Sun would be the most dangerous. Um, yeah, I think we should win. They got a crap defense. Like, I think we should not allow them to score, and mm. we'll score. Basically. Yeah. No, I think I think we'll hammer them. Um, I've actually not been this confident, <laughs> confident going into this first game in a while. I think I think we're going to go through a period in the next few years where where the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium becomes three point lane again. Um, I mean they Needed. they Needed. they were they they yeah. were playing. You were saying about the Champions League. I mean they they were. They were playing tonight. Um, obviously, it's Thursday night, and I think they drew in the Intertoto Cup. And um, the uh, like, <laughs> Kane, 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 Kane started, so they they were looked like a, I didn't see the game, but it looked like Rens Rens were on top. I saw the second mm-hmm. half. Rens were on top, or Ren? How you say it? They yeah. they were on top. I think we left too much for them. I think we blow them away on at the weekend on Sunday. Oh, we should do, man. They're them. They're dead. Well, we should we should beat them. I want to hear Tobes do a voice yeah. note on Twitter. It'll be a bad. It'll be a bad. Um, a bad result if we don't. Let's 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 say it that way. So I like you know. I think if we drop points at the weekend, it's it's got to be seen as a as a bad game to drop points in. Agreed. Definitely agreed. I, f- I feel like that that has to be three points. You know, j- just in terms of how we want to start the season. You know, as tired tall contenders, could be that's what that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to win the title. So mm-hmm. a game like that, that that should just be seen as a as a calm three points for us to go and get. I mean, going into the further games, you know, Villa seat Villa at the cup, you know. You know, if that should hopefully be a game where we may see rotation because I do feel like, you know, someone like Timo, even though I don't like him, I feel like we, 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 you've got to give him a couple of minutes, you know, give Lukaku some rest, you know. Like, I, I don't know if what you guys think about whether Tuchel's been a bit harsh on him, but he hasn't really featured, you know, other than um, that Palace game. You know, he came on for a couple of minutes um, against oh. Villa. Was oh, yeah, I don't think it's harsh. I mean, he gave no, I, 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 I don't think it's harsh. I'm asking, do you guys think it's harsh? That's that's what I mean. If that no, makes sense. Which, on, on Timo, is it? Mm, on Timo, isn't it? Yeah. I, th- I thought I was actually, when he came out against Villa, he didn't do much, but I thought his aggression and his determination was quite good. I thought this guy looks hungry, like, you know? So mm. I think this, this, could, this could be... This could he be always really looks hungry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's just because I hadn't seen him in a while. Yeah. He's yeah, hungry. Enough, yeah. the goals, but... I think I think um, with Werner, he's already had so much game time under both Lampard and Tuchel. Yeah, yeah. Me, me personally, you, you guys heard me last season. Man. I, I don't have much sympathy left left going for him, but you know, I just wanted to get what you guys had to say in, in terms of your thoughts. And then we got the City game again at home. You know, and then we got the Juve game. So you know, going on a bit late, more into the pod. You know, I want to ask you guys about the chill situation. You know, the. The, um, obviously, you know we've got our, our, our chore correspondent on Sam. You know the, um, the oh, man just, you this. set you man set me up with these British English questions. <laughs> <laughs> hey Sam, man, the, the allegations, man. Hey, that's what I'm saying. We, we, we all know Chua was your guy. You know, 
And as we, as Dan said, you know, Alonso, we, we do think it may be that time for him to, you know, maybe, maybe you know, take, take a seat, you know, let, let the main let the main guys start. So I want to get you, your thoughts, Simon, um, whether Chilwell, does he deserve to start this Sunday? And would it be a risk, you know, seeing as he, had, has he, had, as he hasn't had that many minutes? This Sunday, oh, I think he should have started against Zenit, to be honest. I don't know why he didn't start. It was weird. Mm. Um, maybe it was because he started on Sunday. Um, doubt it, though. But... Yeah, I think he should start. As good as Alonso's been, it's maybe unfair to him, but we're waiting for a mistake. He's shown us enough times. He's had that iffy moment heading it out of Mendy's hands. I mean, you could argue that's not his fault. He's just heading out of danger. But we see with Alonso, I think there's a lot of intangibles to what he actually doesn't bring, which is the main thing that I notice personally, is he can't run. So as a wing back. As a wing back, his best attributes uh shooting. Sam, you sound you sound like Rio when he was talking about Jorginho. I I maybe 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 I'm unfair, but I just feel he doesn't bring enough to the team in the terms of attacking and keeping pressure on. The things he brings you can easily see on paper, like the free kick. Um, and he's a really good finisher, so he does pop up with goals, but he ruins so many attacks. He can't run. So there's so many times when even Mount, who's normally on that left side, one of the midfielders picks it up. They look to the left. Alonso is five or 10 yards off the fullback, but not in the right way, towards our goal, which is not where you want him to be. Whereas Chile is straight. He's, he's quick. He's running. And even in his end, he's not got a nickname for him. Chile. Is that not everyone's nickname? <laughs> I know, I'm just teasing you, man. <laughs> but yeah, like, even with with uh with Chile, like the fact he gets in behind and actually can run is such a big big thing for me. Against Zenit, there was he was on for what ten minutes. There was he got into dangerous positions twice. He had two crosses, and that's in ten minutes. So you could argue Zenit are pushing more. Zenit have got tired legs, so maybe it was easier for him. But what I saw in those ten minutes, I genuinely. More than I see from Alonso you know, in most 90-minute games. You know what? I, I, I prefer uh, Chilwell over Alonso. I, I don't necessarily think that Alonso... I don't see it. Like, uh, I think that we're better with Chilwell. I think people forget that um, Chilwell was our second top assister. Yeah, um, man. We're talking about we're lacking creativity. Like, Chilwell actually finds people in the box. Yeah, um, he looks, he assesses his options and then crosses it. Well, yeah, and, area. And, and I think what Sam's talking about in terms of the Zenit game, like, you, like he just technically, and the way he moves with the ball, is much better than Alonso. So I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't understand the trace. Apart from when they're in the box. That's the only time Alonso, Alonso has run out Didi check when he's in the box. Yeah. And that's, but, a, that's about all. And it makes also, no sense. He's the most also, frustrating player I've ever seen. <laughs> but also, Alonso, Alonso does give you extra movement into the box because he, he thinks like a striker. So may, maybe that's part of it, but I, I don't know. I just prefer... Yeah. Whenever Alonso's on the ball, everything's so sluggish to me. It yeah, just it's, sluggish. He, he always like, like, does these little annoying under-hit passes where the player he passes to has to like, stretch. I'm scared yeah. they're going to get injured or and, something. And the movement on the ball, like he looks taller. He looks lankier than he actually is. He plays like mm. he's a crouch size. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Chilwell also didn't do that... Bad in terms of goals last year, I swear. But for a left wing back, didn't he get like yeah, five yeah. or six or something? So that like, really well. well. Yeah, but do you know what? It's, just, it's so weird because obviously this is someone that Tuchel trusted in the Champions League final. It's not like a, a Hudson Odoi situation where like you could tell from last season that Tuchel wasn't really feeling him. So like 
for all of a sudden this mad switch. Is he feeling it now? Who? Is Tuchel feeling it now? You said last season. What you want? No, he said Hassan Adoy. Is is he is he feeling now? I don't know why, but I don't know why this whole thing. <laughs> what I was saying is, what I was saying is, last season you could tell that Tuchel wasn't feeling Hudson. So like that. So him not playing Hudson Doyle makes sense. But with Chilwell, it's not like you could see that last season. So for all of a sudden the season to start and then Chilwell isn't playing. And I know that Tuchel's kind of explained it in terms of um, Chilwell came back late to the World Cup and Alonso's taking his chance. But it, it's like, it's not just that because otherwise there's been enough games right now for you to have thrown Chilwell bone. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah, well, I think like Alonso clearly kept his place in the team at the start on merit. Like you know, I think he was he was rewarding the fact that his performances were were, were top at the start of the season. I I I was very impressed by his, his start. Like you know, um, it's interesting Tuchel's comments. I don't, I don't have them in front of me or near, but he seemed to imply that he was, you know, almost struggling with his confidence and potentially his, his mental health. Almost implied, like you know, I thought they were very very choice words. The way he he kind of put it about struggling to deal with with his his, his not getting game time for England and stuff. So. There's, po- there's possibly more going on than than we as fans on the outside are, are are aware of in that situation. But I still think Tuchel in the long run sees Chilwell as his his main guy on the left, and I think that will show in, as the season unfolds. Like you know, I think he's a he's clearly a better player than than Alonso. Yeah, definitely, definitely agreed. And um, so to end end um end that segment, you know, on, on in terms of um actual Tuchel being harsh on players. I also talk quickly about Hudson Odoi. You know, obviously he had the um, game against Villa. And you know, people are hyping up as you know that the game where he he had to take his opportunity or whatever. I, I don't really agree with that sentiment, but I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts. Do, do you guys think um the lack of minutes? You know, do, is is this something to worry about? You know, do do we think he's, we're going to see a turn? You know, coming into the next couple of fixtures. Doubt it. In terms of worrying about it, I'm done worrying. This we all know the situation with Hudson Odoi. He's 18th choice attacker. 54th choice wing back so yeah he's, he's going to get his games um, he's going to have to it's harsh but he is going to have to take his chance mm-hmm. and do the best with it um, against Villa like we mentioned at the start it was probably one of his weaker games but I don't think he um, has an excuse really to play bad there I know it's not his position but I mean, he was actually bad. Like, the things he's normally good at, kind of passing, being creative, um, going past his men, even that wasn't really there against Villa. So, I mean, you could argue it's in a different position. We've seen him play well in that position many times. He got man of the match in that position many times. Mm -hmm. Just like Mount against Senate, he had a bad game. Mm. But with him, it's different because he won't bounce back because he's he's not given the license to bounce back. The next time we'll see him probably going to be against Villa in the um, in the cup probably going to be wing back again uh, unless maybe Pulisic is still injured which probably is like a 98% what, chance because he's always what, injured what, what I thought was interesting is obviously like um, he he gave he switched Hudson to the, that second position that Hudson allegedly was obviously like allegedly doesn't like playing wing back so he switched in there but then he didn't get to finish out the game in that position yeah, like I don't know. It's weird. So yeah, it is. It is like it would. It's good at least throw him the bone. But like the the thing is with Tuchel, it's like sentiment isn't really there. You can see it in the way he is on the touchline, and you can see it the way he's after games. Like with Saul, 
like it's like he takes all of that out of it and he just says what he sees and he just does like the whole double sub thing it's like for him it's like i don't i'm just gonna do what i think is best and so he doesn't really kind of have the sentiment thing um and i think with with hudson Adoy, i think there was a part where i think one of the journalists was saying that he was barking at him and he just and i saw it because i watched the villa game back and i think what he was angry at hudson for was i think um and you kind of see it with man united fans talking about Sancho. like I, I think there was an opportunity for hudson to make a pass forward to kovacic but he kind of laid it back and then Tuchel was like no what just be a bit more positive and direct i think that's what he was saying and i think he just wants i think again like when um Tuchel came hudson said that Tuchel just told him go at go at them, just keep on going at them relentlessly. You get, go at them relentlessly. And we've seen it with like Mount and Werner, who again, we talked about Mount's game. Mount didn't come in the Zenit game because yeah, the passes might not have gone through, but he was relentless in trying to make happen. And I think what um, Tuchel wants from hudson Odoi is just be relentless. Like don't take, use every single opportunity to try to, even if things don't come off, Whereas I think we all know like Hudson Odoi's game is a bit more, let me pick my time. I'm going to do this and be a bit patient. And then bam, I think he just wants him to be obviously more like Mount, just be relentless, be like always Take trying. the game by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, but just always, even if it's failing, always trying to be a bit more forward like, or just urgent. Um, and I think that's why um, it looked like that's what he was saying because he was like, Pointing, no, don't go back. And he's pointed forward with both hands, go forward and all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, with, with the, the thing is with the Hassan Adoy situation, part of it is I don't think it should be that much of a focus. Like, Hassan Adoy is not owed a start in the team. And he's not, the same way with, with Chilwell, all of a sudden he's not playing. Like, really and truly, like, Tuchel said it himself, he has to earn his chance. Now, he stops him from going on loan. And then he played him straight after. So that shows that he's going to give him the opportunity to take every single chance by the scruff. And so he's going to get those chances. And Tuchel said in training, he seems to be doing what I want. But when it comes to the match situations, it's not happening. So with Hudson Adoy, I, like, I just think sometimes we can get too wrapped up in one player. Again, don't forget, it's Chelsea. It's, it's the team. Like Every player can't play. So with Hudson Adoy, he should have gone alone, in my opinion. Um, there's so many different attackers so really and truly you have to be undeniable to start and so far for me the only players that I think should definitely start is Lukaku and for me Kai in attack the rest of them like Mount, Ziyech all of them for me all of them have a bit of mm. well he clearly he clearly rates him enough that he's not going to discard him like like, yeah. like he did Tammy and so I think he, Tuchel seems like the type of manager that that if you if you keep working hard, you have the right attitude. Your chances will keep coming up and up and up. It's not like the days in Mourinho where he's like, "Oh, I have ten minutes on the pitch and I can see what a player is going to be like." Haul him off and, and get rid of him. Like you know, he's you know he's he's definitely you know runs a more meritocratic system than that. Like you know, mm-hmm. um, so I think I think I wouldn't worry about about Callum's long term um, future at the club. I think he'll he'll come good eventually. I think. You know, a lot can change so quickly. We don't know, you know, mm-hmm. wh- you know who's going to come, who, what ingoing and outgoings are going to be next season. You know, is Pulisic going to be at the club long term? You know, so much stuff can change, and I, th- I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, if in this time next year, he's he's a nailed on starter either up front or you know, on, in the right back. I'm not saying he will be for sure, but I'm just saying yeah. 
there's so much flux that can happen between now and then. And I think yeah. Tuchel's fair enough that he'll he'll give him another couple of goals. The thing is with the thing is with Tuchel, Tuchel said it himself. He said that, and this was more preseason when all the players was coming back. He was saying like, yeah, um, it'll be good for me to see all these players, but I'll make my decision quickly on whether I think we need them or not. And I think we've seen that. Whereas players that have come back and you're thinking, oh, they've done a little bit good in preseason, and then Tuchel just said, no, you're not part of it. And even like with the Barclays and Loftus Cheeks, or specifically maybe Barclay more than Loftus Cheek, but I think Loftus Cheek too. Like even though they're still around, he's not. He's been upfront and said, "Yeah, yeah you're he doesn't rate them." Like yeah, yeah. Like they, they, they wasn't supposed to be part. Of basically, Barclay. said we could we could, we couldn't shot you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so so really and truly, Hudson though hasn't been part of that camp and has even gone mm-hmm. as far as to stop him from leaving. So there is something there, but it's still not enough and. Really and truly, it's a frustration because I think Tuchel wants him to be something on the pitch and it's not happening. Um, but at the same time, this is why it'll be good. Like with Sancho, like with Sancho in going to Man United, now a lot of Man United fans I'm seeing, oh, he's got to be more direct, he's got to be this, etc., etc. And that can show you how in another environment, Hudson Doyle can show what he's truly capable of. But currently in this environment where I think maybe the Premier League a bit more urgent etc etc it's just so demanding and there's so many competitions for places and I just feel like I want to hammer this out again he's not owed a place he has to fight for it and when it comes down to when you are on the pitch you have to do something to show that you can't be um, taken off or like you have to play and uh, like pre-season he was doing it and it's difficult because he's in left wing back and, and Tuchel's acknowledged that I just think that the, the fact that he didn't let him at least finish out the game um, when he played in the forward position, I think that was a little bit, that was harsh. Yeah, no, I agree. And the Sancho thing would be interesting to see how he how he gets on this year because, it, you know, comparing his development over the last uh, three or four years to, to uh, Hudson-Odoi's, like, you know, and, and obviously if... if Hudson had ended up ended up going to to Bayern or or even this summer to 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 Dortmund. You know, would he would he have kicked on over there? And if he did, would it have been a bit of an illusion? As in, if, if Sancho doesn't cut it in the Premier League, what's the point in 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 someone like Callum going to Germany? Like you know, what I'd say is that like this is and this that's a good point because everybody will say like do you know like Sancho's ahead of the race because he's got all the ex- this experience. Exactly. He yeah. still comes back to the Premier League and he still has to start from square one. Mm-hmm. Hudson Odoi has already started from square one in the Premier League, so like he's already like don't forget that the like the Sancho stuff, the Sancho slander that's going on is crazy. Like Hudson Odoi hasn't got anything like that. Like yeah. Sancho's performances have been really, really bad. Yeah. So like at least with Hudson Odoi, he can kind of I think that may be a little bit of um, a booster for him mm-hmm. um, because obviously coming up, both of them was kind of and on the same level. That was- that was his hundredth game for the club at the weekend, which I, which is phenomenal. Like I couldn't, I would not have thought it was that high. Like, yeah, you know, but so. because most ninety nine sub appearances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But still, like still at that age to have a hundred uh, senior appearances for Chelsea yeah. is, is yeah. remarkable in any era of the game. Like you know. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So yeah, to go on to um, end the podcast with a couple of listeners' questions, you know, Charlie this goes as per usual. So the first question here from um, Prash. He wants to know, um, do, do we think um, the lack of chance creation is due to personnel or tactics? And before I ask, answer the question, I wanted to get your thoughts especially on this, Dan, because I, I know we had um, this conversation before and we, we were in agreement. So 
have, have your thoughts on this changed or do you think it's still a, a persistent remember. problem? I, I can't remember my first thoughts, so I'll say it again and then maybe you can tell me whether I've changed it. So, so number one, I think that Tuchel, the way he plays, I think he optimises more for, rather than trying to find that pass in, for recoveries in the final third. Yes, so, I say what you said, yeah. Yeah, so I think when it comes down to it, it's like one of the reasons why we're not creating chances that way is because Tuchel's not optimising for that. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think as well, I think, I think Chilwell is better than Alonso at the chance creation type of stuff. And then... Um, yeah, to be fair, like watching the games, like both of the games, Aston Villa and then Zenit, we were getting the ball up to attack so well. If we, if I take you back to the Lampard kind of era, and we was at that point where we was just like from the right wing back to the the centre back, to the right centre back, to the middle centre back, to the left centre back, and we were just passing it around in the U. The way we were progressing the ball through the middle in both games, through Kovacic and Mourinho, was fantastic. But when it got to the final third, whether it's Ziyech, et cetera, et cetera, even Lukaku, the balls, the balls that was coming up from Rudiger, from Christensen, from Jorginho to Kovacic, straight up to Lukaku, and then Lukaku would hold it up. He's that hold-up player. And then the players in proximity to him, he'd give it to them, and then it would just go to shit. And really and truly, Lukaku, you'd almost want Lukaku to be holding it up to pass to Lukaku because Lukaku's actually doing well with, with chances in terms of having that little space to make a shot. But really and truly, it's coming to a Mount or a ZH and it's just coming to nothing. And so in terms of right now, the progression is so good. But I just feel like personnel-wise, because like obviously we're optimising more for, like I said, I think for winning the ball high. But if we had a little bit more, you know, goal and, you know, effectiveness in, in terms of personnel in those areas, I think we could be doing a lot better in terms of finishing chances. Because I think actually progression up is so good right now. I was so impressed. So do you do you, do, do you think there is a chance? So do you think the chance creation is down to tactics then purely? Um, I th- I think kind of because don't forget attack. It's not a divorced thing. The tactics mm, agreed. affect the personnel, and I think um, really and truly, obviously, Tuchel didn't buy a lot of these players. So mm. maybe, but I just think if we had a better personnel that were like, obviously, because people aren't as hardworking as a mount, et cetera, they might not necessarily be coming in. But if we had like hardworking people that was like killers, then with it, like, I think chances are being created, but then ZH is just blasting that over or you're not, et cetera, and then mount, it's not necessarily coming off. So I think, yeah, we're getting into good areas, but I just don't think we have effective people all around. The only really effective attacker right now is Lukaku. Mm, fair fair enough. We topped from Tuchel coming into the end of last season, didn't we? Top the Premier League chance creation uh, table, like you know. So I don't think it's a it's a it's a formation issue. Um, I think there might be a bit of a hangover from the Euros and and you know the squad getting to get to grips with things. But we're still like six or something in chance creation in the league at the moment. I don't think it's a it's and also teams now fear us. You know, champions of Europe, you're going to have a low block. It's going to be harder to break teams mm-hmm. down. So. I, for me, it, it's not a it's not a long term concern, like you know, um, in terms of how the season is going to be developed. As long as Lukaku stays fit, especially, I don't think we'll have a problem. That's a long term. That's a concern, though, because yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that, that a is a risky one as that, well. That is a concern, but like, to be, fair, to be yeah. fair, I'm happy with Kai as well. But Kai is just not playing up in those areas, like, and he's not playing regularly. If Lukaku so, got injured, I think he probably would play up there. To be fair, 
Yeah. Yeah, but then it's just Kai. I want more. This is what I'm saying. I'm more, like, we, there right we now. We need firepower, basically. Well, I wish I'm we hadn't. I, th- I don't think we, we need more Giroud. firepower. Guys, we've got so much. I don't think we should have sold Giroud. I think I think Giroud could have still been an asset to this team no, in that regard. No, like, no. we need to let Giroud go because we've just uh, yeah, yeah, for him and on a personal level. Yeah, no, I agree. But having a player like that in the squad at the moment, <laughs> that reminds me been... of Hudson. It would have been <laughs> on a personal level. Fuck the personal level. Yeah, but we're Chelsea fans, not Olivier Giroud fans, like you know. And <laughs> the, I mean, we can be both, but you know what I mean, like you know, they, they, you know, having a player like that in in the squad. Would have been more yeah, helpful because there, there does yeah, seem like a, a lack of quality depth in terms of doing what Lukaku can do, like you know. But I don't want just depth. I want someone playing alongside. Quality, yeah. This is what I'm saying. It's not just one effective shoot and then we're good. This is what I'm saying. So like, I, I hope, I personally hope. But yeah, that's that's why I'm not against Mount Kai and Lukaku playing pretty much every Premier League game and. I don't know about Champions mm. League. Is that enough firepower, though? Maybe it's not, but I do think they've only played, what, two, three games together? I mean, we've got to give them, like Luke said, there is going to be a hangover from the Euros <laughs> and everything. We need them to build a bit of chemistry together. Like, if, if at the end of November or something, this is still a massive problem, then, yeah, I will obviously start. For to me, for me, more, I think, for me, for me, look at uh, Mount and... Because again, just thinking about the two behind, so I think we're all sold in Lukaku as the main striker. For me, Mount and Kai bring good things, but I just don't think the complement is is there. The complement is a little bit there in terms of Kai is the calm one and Mount's the kind of busy one. But really and truly, like, uh, like don't forget, Lukaku needs to be fed, and Kai at his best needs to be fed. Yeah, and Mount is not the, the feeder. Do you yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So, so Dan, so what you're saying is that the, the transgression issue is both. What do you mean? In terms of because the question, remember, the I question was personal both. and tactics. I so think it's both. You, you kind of like led onto like the, the, the personal thing, and that leads onto the next question from Ash, where he says, "Um, aside from internal issues, so number ten conundrum, are there any exciting attacking mids you guys have keeping an eye on?" I'm going to leave that as an open floor question to any of you guys. Is, is there any? You know, a, t- a young, you know, exciting player that you guys have seen that you know that you think for me, for me, for me, for me, for me, like the Mount still kind of has to play. Like when it comes down to it, like mm. as much as like the fans just connect with him so much, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make sense. Like Mount has to play as much as um, you can go away and say, okay, this player might be a little bit better. Really and truly, like he's come from the academy. The fans connected with him so much. Maybe, like, as, as long as we play the system, I can't see him playing as part of the pivot, which makes it difficult, and it means that, kind of, we just have to hope that Kai, Mount, and Lukaku kind of works. But, but for me, I just feel like we miss um, somebody that can... Uh, with Lukaku and, and Kai, they're the ones that you want running in behind. So the best compliment would be someone that could find them. Bad for them, yeah. Maybe that's what Tuchel's noticed as well. Maybe that's why this season we've seen cover kind of playing a lot higher up. Um, maybe he's going to feel some of their creative... Kovacic, by the way, it's not just dribbling. Like, Kovacic... Yeah. No, it's definitely not. Nicely. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. He, he's got very good passing. Yeah, I think a lot of it, yeah. I think a lot of it's helped by having Lukaku there, you know? Because I feel like when you've got somebody that can stick the ball... Like he's not like a Werner the yeah. way the ball's gonna like run Definitely. off him. Yeah. Or like we how many times did we see Werner like knock the ball off the pitch and let, let, let the corner flag? Like Too we many. literally saw it numerous times. And when you've got yeah. Lukaku there who can pin the ball, mm. you know, we've, we've seen it numerous times already. Jorginho and Kova are literally able to just fizz it into him and he's, he's but keep, then he's he pins the ball, 
and then passes it to yep. Ziyech, who takes a, a crazy shot for no reason. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, Dan, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, also, I'm, with I'm, the Lukaku thing as well, like when Cover the assist against Villa, as soon as Cover beats that final man, Lukaku's on his bike straight yeah. away. So he doesn't just hold it up. He also, because like that's probably what his problem yeah. was at United and earlier was he was a running behind striker. And obviously since he's gone to Italy, I don't know if it's Conte, I don't know if it's just kind of the development of his personal game, but he's got so much better at holding the ball up. So now he is, he is like an all-round striker. He can go behind, he can, he can pin you up. Well, you a, don't know what you're going to be doing. There was a bit in the Zenit game where the ball, do you know that how's your touch moment? The ball mm. came and then he took it out of the air and I was like, okay, cool. Lukaku first touch watch is over. I started that ages. <laughs> and I was like, you started that, Dan. You I started, started that. You're closing it, yeah. You're closing it. I'm closing the case. Well, now I'm watching because I'm seeing the good, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm enjoying it with popcorn because it's good. Yeah, he's, he's, took those, he's took those Tims off. He's put some Predators on. Yeah. No, I don't think we've seen enough of, of the, the, the Lukaku and Mountain Havertz um, trio to, to write it off. You know, I think, it, I think in patches, it was amazing against Arsenal. I think it still could work really, really well for us in this season. I think it could be special. Uh, speaking of number 10s you're watching out for, there's a young lad at Crystal Palace, Connor Gallagher. I don't know if any of you have heard of him. but he's he, he, <laughs> No, no. But he's, he's, he's obviously a third midfielder, maybe like a Ruben. I'm, I'm just making a bit of a joke. But, I, you know, I think there's... I just think I was just blown away by his performance at the weekend. Like, you know, I think, and, I um, think I like he was him. dancing on Spurs, man. I've got Stockton yeah. Gallagher. I think I, I really like him. Um, the thing is with Gallagher, again, it's like... I think Tuchel gave him a chance in pre-season and then he... Like, I think he had a bad game against Arsenal, was it? He wasn't amazing in pre-season. He was but, a bit... Me- he needs to refine his game a lot more. But but he's such a two-call midfielder. Do you know what I'm saying? In terms of intensity, most important, just always going at him. Because he he reminds said, me of like a, of a down. Yeah, but, and Tuchel mm. said when he came in, we're going to make it hell for the opposition. And so he likes players like Gallagher. You, know, you don't want to play against Gallagher. He buzzes everywhere. And so Gallagher, I think it does really well, but then it's almost like, okay, cool. Where do you fit in? And... Are you going to come back and be on the bench? I don't know, but... Agreed. Yeah, it's been and and it's similar to what Luke just said, you know, I do think he's that kind of like third midfielder, you know, the guy that's going to like make the runs off like the, the last man. Like, I'm not sure how he fits like into the system like directly, mm. but in terms of position, because I don't think he... Better, better, than, Saul. better than Saul. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Well, I'm just thinking, the, you know, in terms a... of like getting the best out of him. That's another question, though, I'd like to put to the three of you in terms of in the do you think like, let's say Tuchel stays at the club for, for the next three years, hypothetically, do you think he sticks with the back three in the, in the current formation the whole time? Or do you think at some point, especially if we end up winning the league, he feels a need to adjust it? I think with Tuchel, he's so open. So mm. I don't think I don't think he sticks with this. But I think that the reason why he's stuck with it is because it's winning. And it's yeah, almost yeah. like when things are working, then why change it now? I don't I think, want us. I don't want us yeah. to start losing. So yeah. I hope. <laughs> Same. So I hope we keep it because that means that we just continued winning. But um, yeah, I think maybe if we go through trouble, then we'll change. But I don't think he's going to change. But mm. if we if we if we do win the league with it, I, th- I just think it's very hard to to do back to back leagues with with a back three. And you saw on how it fell apart under Conte, like you know, I know there's other issues there, but and, still, teams can eventually figure you out, like you know. Maybe, but then it's almost like. What happens if we change? We win the league, then he changed the back four, then we don't win it. Everyone's going to say, "Why did you change the winning formula?" Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of like a losing question because I I think 
we've already seen change. I think it's kind of manageable. We're going to see like variations, if you get what I mean. So like we've seen already the three for three with the twin tens. We have the split strikers. You know, we saw it early against Tottenham. We didn't like it. And when he came back again and he like, we had like the different re- reiteration of it. And I feel like with, with a manager like him, we are going to see it. We've also seen it whereby um, we've had Reese James at right centre-back and it allows us to go to like that 4-2-4 kind of shape. We're basically so, 4-2-4 in possession. Yeah, I, I, I do I do think we, we already are seeing like a lot of like variation. Like against Leeds, it was like a 4-2-3-1 kind of shape. So I do think we, we, we are seeing changes, but I just think it's like, it's quite subtle in the fact that you don't really notice it immediately unless like you rewatch mm. a game, for instance, or like you're, you're like reading analysis. But like, I, I think I've seen a couple of shapes. Like I've seen, as I said, you know, the 4-2-4, the 4-2-3-1, the 3-4-2-1, you know, the 3-4-3 in terms of the split, t- split um, striker. So I do think he may change it, but I don't think he's going to be like him going to be like, okay, you know what, from now on is um is three traditional centre mids, is um two traditional fullbacks, and we're changing it completely. I think we're just going to see like different like, like tweaks, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, it does. But but going back to the to the kind of Gallagher thing, because I saw him for Chelsea in a preseason friendly under in Lampard's first preseason, and he was playing not quite a number ten, but he was definitely the most advanced of the of the midfield three. And I don't see why he couldn't be one of the two tens in in a Tuchel system mm. playing a bit more deeper and in in around the box. There was a couple of one twos yeah, he played yeah. in that. In that you know, that's, half a, that's a really Palace. good shot. It's a really good shot because we, we do need that guy that links to midfield in the, in the attack. You know, acting as that third guy. So. And plus, he does have like he does have really good composure around the box. You know, he doesn't yeah. rush things. Yeah, he, he's exactly. able to pick up a good pass. You know, I did what I did enjoy the game seeing him dump on Spurs. So you know, that's 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 extra bonus points for me. So. Yeah, Cobb and Lone Boy that we loaned out dunked on two Spurs products. Yeah, man, you you, you love to see it. and um, yeah, yeah so going on to the one of the, the penultimate question. You know, since we were talking about Lukaku. Is Luke Romano Lukaku a top five player in the Barclays Premier League? John Brown. It, 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 is he? That, top that's five. Awesome, More like top three. Top five. Ooh. Okay. No, no. Keep, <laughs> keep going, Sam. Keep going. You can't stop there. Uh, uh, I, no, nah, not top three. No, top three for me is probably still, no particular order, Kante, KDB, um, Salah, uh, maybe VVD actually as well. Mm. So, mm, is he fifth? <laughs> I, I, it's very difficult to just outright say is he a top because there's so many different positions like if I'm putting VVD in there then there's other centre-backs I, I, it's, it's difficult okay. but top five strikers definitely I think he's the best um, this sounds like a bit of a caveat Sam like is he or is he not a top five Premier League player yes or no give me an answer Sam's saying no he gave no. Us- oh you're saying no no I don't think so no Fair no. enough. What about you, Luke? What do you think? I I, I think it's 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 difficult to like if we look at the last three Premier League uh, or let's say the last two Premier League fixtures to be played in, and and everyone who played across the Premier League in those two two matches, I think you could easily say he's top three. Yeah, um, but 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 if you take those two games in isolation, but other than that, we don't have a big enough sample size because it's unfair to compare him in two games for us in the Premier League to everything that Kante's done, everything that that Virgil Van Dijk and, yeah. and Kevin. I also Bryce didn't even mention year. Kane. You didn't, well. you didn't mention yeah. Kane, you didn't mention Cristiano. But Kane uh, didn't touch the ball in, in the Palace Yeah, but so, but yeah, so, so, yeah, but at this, at this point with Lukaku, my, my thing is this. Um, yeah, again, the small sample size, the small sample size. If he continued, I remember when Murata came and Murata was scoring in his first like seven games where he scored how much? Like, you know what I'm saying? So like really and truly, it's not like a Mendy thing. We was talking at the top of the pod. Mendy's had a whole season this is two or three games. So, like, if he can 
if he continues this rate in terms of, I think he's got four and four, whatever it is, then yeah. But it's just for me, it's early days for him to say top three. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say top three. I would say Salah's better. I'd say Kante is world class. Kante, yeah. don't forget, like Lukaku has been world class in the fact that he's taken the small moments. But when a Kante play, when Kante plays, like even us, there was one game that he played in pre and I was like, this is a level above world class. So for Kante, like, like Kante, Salah. Like for me, they're gone. Even like De Bruyne, Pogba, we yeah. haven't even mentioned Pogba, VVD. But but when it comes to strikers, it's e- I think it's easy to put him in the top five because oh really strikers easily top three, top two maybe there's top two. Really. There's only Kane. Kane's the only one that can tax. Well, like, like to be fair, again, look, look, Cristiano's been scoring at the same rate yeah, as yeah, Lukaku. So every goal he scores been a goalie mistake. Yeah, no, straight on the goalie. They were t- how he got two goals in that game is shocking. Like, Ronaldo's Ronaldo, don't get me wrong, but there's no way. I've watched every game he's played for United. I've watched the games Lukaku's played for Chelsea. Lukaku gives you so much more than. So Ronaldo. you think yeah. you think that Luka- you think Lukaku's going to outscore Cristiano? Non-penalty goals, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Leave listens to the pod. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'll put, I'll put one in line. Yeah, but we don't so, score as many goals as United. So, no, but you're saying Lukaku is going to get more goals, just goals than than uh, Cristiano. I think uh, Lukaku. Yes, yes. Um, Luka- uh, yes, you will. Sorry, Lukaku will add goals to, to Chelsea, and I don't think Cristiano will to to United. He'll he'll score a hatful, but will he add to the the overall goals they score compared to the last two seasons? I'm I'm not so sure. Like you know. Um, he didn't with Juventus. He 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 scored top scores goals for every year, but they didn't score any more goals in the league with him in the side than they did before they signed him. Like you know, yeah. um, because he sucks up all the oxygen and everything has to go through him. Um, another podcast was to compare him to to the yellow vest cyclist. Like you know, you have to everything has to be built to make sure that he wins the race. Like you know, and that's not that's not conducive to winning a Premier League in this day and age. Um, I, love, and... Luke, I love how you didn't mention the name because we don't really advertise. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, also, probably because I couldn't remember which one it was, but, <laughs> but yeah, right. no, I like I, I think I think Lukaku, I think he will score more goals. But even if he doesn't, I think he will be more important to to what we achieve this season than than Ronaldo will be for United. That's a big oh. shout, Luke, and it's definitely something that's going to come back in the end of the season. I and mean, then the last question, you know, to end the podcast from Tiz, of course, you know, our resident, you know, Rudiger fan club ambassador, he wants to know, um, and I know Dan's going to love this question. When do we expect to move on Jorginho and who do you think we should replace him with? <laughs> what? I love this question. I didn't expect it. <laughs> I didn't expect yeah, it. Now you know how it feels. Now you know how it feels. How, do I, how does it feel? To be given these questions, these, these specific questions for you. Um, but he didn't ask it for me, but Jorginho... He did, he did. He told did me. He? No, I'm joking. Oh. I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. So to be fair, I, I did. I did let them know that you'll be on the podcast tonight. So maybe oh, no. you did. Jorginho, when do we expect to move him on? Um, I just don't think it makes sense to move on a player where who's been so pivotal um, to winning trophies. It doesn't make sense. This guy, but like like a Kante, I'm when people say move Kante on, it's like last season, and people were saying it before people forget. Um, like the guy's a trophy magnet. Oh, I, I remember, man. I, 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 we, we saw them. We yeah. saw them. Yeah, and like Kante's a trophy magnet. He's in so many tro- like trophy winning teams. He's not an issue. He's obviously part of the of what works. And Jorginho, it's not like he's a passenger either. He's like the the mid hog. Yeah, and Jorginho, like we've seen it again. Like I think 
maybe with Sal comes that people notice because I know that I saw when was linked to Sal. Everyone was like saying, "Oh yeah, he he he's better." Yeah. It felt as though people saw him as like a replacement, if that makes sense. Yeah, and people were saying that you're going to see he's better than Jorginho and Kovacic. So I'm I'm still I'm watching I'm watching, but I think with Jorginho it's like, like, like you saw the Aston Villa game, you saw what he gives you, like really and truly. Um, Man United fans just talk to them about their progression up the up the pitch. It's it's not easy to kind of get these players to the replacement. So like if we can replace him well, um, then cool. But it's just like it's not easy. Like I've seen he's so just many- one European player of the year. It's crazy. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. But, but his game of- also isn't reliant on. Um, sorry to cut you off. His game isn't reliant on physical attributes. So yeah. it's not like his age is gonna like even with Kante, you could you could arguably say more so age could catch up with him. Because mm. he's not going to have that same engine. He's not going to be able to cover as much ground, which is a big part of his game. Jorginho, not so much. He can't run anyway. So. But, but he's still intense. Like, yeah, um, but that's that. He won't yeah, lose that. Yeah, think. maybe. But like, obviously, that he might be, he might lose that edge in terms of acceleration from the little that he has. Acceleration? But, what acceleration? But because he does, like, he gets into. He runs up my jammer. For for all the like for all the inter- interceptions he gets, he he gives it his all and he gets into those positions. So, but with with Jorginho, it's like when it comes down to it, all players have to move on. They all have to move on. So when he like if if he moves on, fine. As long as we just replace that skill set um, in terms of progression, because like until it's gone, and you saw it with the Aston Villa game, that's when people start complaining. But like yeah, we we definitely need someone in that deeper position to help with progression. Yeah, well, I mean, I think after that Champions League win, we're we we're we need we're at the start of a an era where we should be expecting to be on top of the food chain, chain you know, mm. um, in terms of you know not being a selling club. And I don't think, especially with the current economics of 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 European football, you know, the the, the lure of going to a, another team on the continent isn't like it would have been, you know, th- three or four years ago. So I I, th- I think you know I, I Jorginho is a massive massive asset to the team. I've I was always a fan of him even back. I was a fan of Sarri when, and I used to get pelters for for being one. But, yeah. um, but I've always always rated him, and I just think you know you lunatics if you want to sell if you want to move him on now, like you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely agreed, and I think that's a good place to end the podcast. So, you know, thanks again, Luke, for joining us. That was a really good podcast. I, I did enjoy that. I did enjoy yeah. you having you on, and I hope we can have you on a bit more. Thank you. No, I'd, I'd love to come on again. If this Maybe. is the end, the end of the podcast. Um, is this the bit where the, the 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 audio bed comes in like way louder than everyone was speaking, <laughs> and you go, <laughs> you're there like, <laughs> they're like you know listening to this really interesting conversation. Next thing you wake up like blasted out of it. But <laughs> thanks for the feedback on the pod. You can just and say get this UK music out of here. <laughs> and Dan, thanks as for usual. No problemo. And Sam, as for usual, thank you for having, for having you on. Safe, man, safe. Peace. He done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club! Sarge. Sarge.
car and ranting Doing the most True say that money is power So when you get money, keep fighting Ghost Ghost I remember when I shot my shot But I didn't have guap So I hit the post But next time it's a golden goal And it Sports Social Podcast Network